Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Luke Cage Podcast by Fantastic Geek, your official, unofficial voice of the Marvel Cinematic Community. My name is Matt, and joining me, as always, is Pete. Hello, Pete. Hello, Matt. Hello, everybody. Back, finally, to talk to you about Season 2 of Luke Cage with the big trailer hitting the other day. Yes, so glad to be back talking Luke Cage, especially Luke Cage solo. You know, we had our fun last summer, what with Defenders and all, but uh, these are characters best served flying solo in their own series. And here we are, Pete, as you mentioned, on the heels of the season two preview, the scintillating season two preview. And the good thing is we didn't see anybody disappear, so fingers crossed. Yeah, Pete, I guess that's officially we're 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 starting to take down the wall of no spoilers for Infinity War. I guess we'll 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 formally go spoiler full when we talk Agents of Shield in a couple of days, but uh or yeah, or if you want to go spoiler free now, Matt, where can people go? Pete, they could head over to our Marvel movie podcast where we have covered every Marvel movie including including Infinity War, where it's just all spoilers all the time there. So uh, plenty of Marvel about. Absolutely. But let's dive into this trailer, Matt. We finally have some idea of the threat Luke will face this second time around. Yeah, I like that we have we have a, a, a villain who has powers, a villain who seems to be his... Uh, his equal, as is oftentimes the case with Marvel, but also kind of his opposite, as is oftentimes the case with Marvel. Uh, and it works. It's kind of compelling. Just what you see in that two and a half minutes, it's very compelling to see characters reacting to the idea that there's mighty Luke Cage and there's somebody who can knock him down. Yeah, the Bushmaster here sneaking up on him, kicking his feet out from under him. You know what they did with Luke in that first season when he when he gets hit with the Judas bullet and you know using that as a means of going through his origin story. How did he acquire this bulletproof skin? This healing that he has was effective. But now here he's riding high. He's helped save the city with the other defenders. He's back on his home turf, and he gets the metaphorical rug pulled out from under him. It's perhaps kind of an obvious place to go just in terms of he's riding, you know, riding high. Now we're going to knock him back down. Um, but I, I like that it's, you know, we get to still stay in Harlem. It's not, you know, Luke Cage transported away somewhere else to where weird and wacky things happen. We're back in Harlem. We're back with all the familiar people. Um, Rosario and- Dawson, man. Thank goodness. Pete, I know that she has been highly in demand this pilot season for TV shows, and I was a little worried. You know, I know they shot this about a year ago and whatnot, but Pete, there's a certain point where there's not going to be all Rosario Dawson all the time, but we get her in this uh, in this season at least to, well, to some degree, and I'll take it. And Ron Cephas Jones, again, somebody who's been in demand, had a had an even bigger hit with This Is Us. Not that Luke Cage wasn't a hit. They hit at approximately the same time almost two years ago, Matt. We're coming up on that. I mean, we got Jessica Jones back after a long time, three calendar years, 15 to 18. Now Luke coming back, uh, last having been seen in his own series in 2016. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's, it certainly is a fantastic cast. 
sad moment to hear and then to see Reg E. Kathy, uh, who many people might know from uh, from House of Cards, but uh, he you know he yeah. was in a ton of stuff. Just just passed away, I think, in the last six months or so. Uh, yeah, 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 just in February. Um, and, and a guy in his own right that you know we can get into uh, when the episodes uh, have him in there, but just a guy who carried such such dignity with him and who was who was happy to surprise people that he was such a dignified man uh, and he was kind of happy to flip people's uh preconceived notions around so to see him in this i must admit pete i did not know that he was uh that that he was in it so knowing that uh, knowing that he is it's going to add a little extra a little extra something to the season we've talked luke though it's his show or is it matt the sidekick thing I don't know that he does that. Let's talk about what everybody's talking about with this trailer, and that's Misty Knight and her robot arm. Well, I mean, the the, the wonderful storytelling conceit that now she has the robot arm, so that lets her be kind of sort of superpowered. It it allows for that um, for that. I won't even say side quick, side quick, side kick uh, notion, but it's also kind of an equal of sorts you know i think she's a little bit more cerebral she certainly has you know by by virtue of uh, being a police officer and whatnot she has a certain level of authority and access that luke does not and i think there's tons and tons and tons of story potential to put the two of them together as they uh you know as they fight evil in uh in uh, harlem and beyond um simone missick just really had a breakout first season she was one of the supporting characters in Defenders that got maybe the most screen time of any of those feeder series. And here now, back on her show, uh, though it's Luke's, okay, Robot Arm, uh, Daughters of the Dragon, Matt? Well, uh I mean, you never know. It, what we do know is that we're going to get uh, Finn Jones as Danny Rand guesting in at least some of these episodes. So I don't know why. Huh, why did they leave him out of the trailer? He's so popular, Matt. You know, Everybody loves Danny Rand of Rand Industries. You know, super reliable. You know, like guy who uh, I only have $100 million today because the, the Dow is down and the S&P is up. Um, I don't know. It, it, it certainly will be interesting to see if we can get more elements from Iron Fist to come on over. Uh, I know Netflix seems to think I loved Iron Fist. Anytime I click on anything Marvel, the first thing Netflix recommends is Iron Fist. I'm like, all right, I watched the season. They're I didn't trying watch to make you like it again <laughs> more. Here, and listen, here comes we, the airplane. We we <laughs> we podcasted it. Um, it it is better than it gets credit for you know one of the one of the great uh fake articles that's out there post infinity war is that uh netflix executives are relieved when uh iron fist disintegrated after the events of uh avengers infinity war but you know we kid and i think it's going to be super fun to see him with Luke, that's the pairing we wanted all along to see him guest on Luke's show. So the focus will never be squarely on him and he can be the lighter end of it or he can be used as the comic relief. Probably, you know, uh, 
concerns of Danny Rand's early screen demise, you know, or, or people didn't like Danny it. Danny Rand of Rand Enterprises, Matt? Is that, that that same Danny Rand? That's the very same one. Um, those, uh, those concerns are probably a bit premature. That said, there is this connection between the two characters. I feel like the actors really, really mixed well. And, you know, here's hoping that we can approach future iterations of Danny Rand, you know, ha having been rehabilitated by Luke Cage season two, uh, a season, by the way, that I just want to mention that at least uh, for, for what's out there, some really notable uh, names directing these episodes, starting with uh, episode 201 directed by Lucy Liu. Wow. And, you know, that had been out there for a little bit. I'm really interested to see how that comes across any day now, Matt. I've been watching my my inbox for the directions to to check out the uh, the screeners that will be provided for this series. And um, after Jessica Jones, I, I got to say, I'm, I'm super interested. This was the show in Luke Cage. I've never felt more cool watching a TV show in my life. And I watch a lot of TV. <laughs> uh, just throwing out a couple other director names. I couldn't help but notice that there's uh, Cassie Lemons, who has a, a history both as a director and an actress. Also, It's a Small World. Uh, she is married to Vondi Curtis Hall, who, of course, uh, had a yeah, role in, yeah, yeah. In, uh, in, in Daredevil. Uh, and then Yurik. Uh, uh, absolutely. Um, then Millicent Shelton, who uh, I know we talked about for Jessica Jones season two. She did the Octopus episode. She's a music director. We talked about this for Jessica Jones, uh, music video director. Pete, back in the day, she directed some videos that you might be familiar with. Uh, let's see. We got some Heavy D and the Boys Truthful. Yes. Uh, we got some Rex in Effect Rump Shaker. And then, oh, rump, rump shaker, man. All I want to do is zoom, zoom, zoom in a boom, boom. Just shake your rump. Does that let you know I'm familiar with a song? Absolutely, Pete. One that I bet everybody knows, Salt and Pepper. Let's talk about sex. Oh, so it, it's one of those joints, huh? Hey, look, she has a... She has they a, get uh, coffee in that episode. Well, I mean, this is what she has done in the past, but come on, you got you to gotta bring in your, your, your greatest hits uh i dare say so we'll see that in episode uh, six that is her uh, her episode um i don't know i just feel like there's so much potential so much fun um particularly coming off of the weight of infinity war coming off of you know next time we talk luke cage we'll know whether it's thumbs up or thumbs down for agents of shield we i, I you know we might be pretty bummed out that this could be the end of the road for agents of shield and there's just an effervescence to this where it's like we're back with luke cage it's not to say it's going to be all fun and games. You know, there's plenty to be concerned about with uh, with Bushmaster out there, with Shades out there and whatnot. But, I mean, heck, with Mariah Dillard, played by Alfre Woodard, uh, still out there as well. But I don't know. I feel like there's just this effervescence and it's the perfect kind of start of summer series. Well, you take the word right out of my mouth when you say potential. I was a guest uh, the other night on a Facebook Live uh, show essential guy talk and i had done some math prior to my appearance we were talking avengers infinity war but as that always does you get into the entire marvel cinematic universe particularly the tv end and to this point matt leading up to episode 521 of agents of shield there have been 243 episodes of marvel tv 
broadcast. We're the only podcast that has all of those available. Nobody's- now, wait, Pete, the last time you made that claim, somebody said on Twitter, but you're forgetting these other podcasts that are going to do it. That doesn't count. They haven't done it. So again, we're the only one that's done it all. So we've been to Everest. They're climbing it. Talk to us when you're up there. We'll be happy to. We're already there. Uh, So there's 243 that have aired, and I put air quotes around aired because obviously when something hits Netflix, it hits Netflix in entirety. So Netflix currently, Matt, has 99 episodes. They're sitting at 99 episodes heading into Luke Cage, which I think is so awesome because when that first episode, when you watch that first episode, that's their 100th Marvel Netflix episode. And so cool that it's Luke Cage's. First of all, it's just bananas to think. I mean, it's only in the last couple of years that there's been Marvel Netflix and uh, to think that we're going to cross that 100-episode mark with the next episode of Luke Cage, and then obviously simple math, take us to 112 by the end of this season, that's uh, that's bonkers. I know, too, I, I think part of the appeal for me, for Luke Cage, is, you know, I don't... I, I don't walk the same path in life, life as Luke Cage, and it's an opportunity for somebody like me to just see the world through the character's eyes, to see the world through Mike Coulter's eyes, to see the world through the eyes of uh, showrunner Chio Hadari Coker, and just mm-hmm. to really, you know, through this comic book, you know, I've said it before, all these comic book movies at the end of the day, it's people, bad guys in their underwear fighting good guys in their underwear. You, obviously there's more more nuance to it than that and you know we'll we're able to get some of that nuance here in a show like this while we're enjoying the bulletproof guy and oh man people are fighting out in the alley and you know fists and and stuff smashing and bricks thrown and stuff like that you're able to kind of you know you're able to see learn a little bit about your fellow human being the prescience of that first season the very nature of a bulletproof black man in our world that they're grafting that on top of. Um, Obviously something people were discussing, Matt, we're now in a post childish Gambino. This is America world, you know, post Parkland, all these types of things where, you know, the, the anti NRA movements and, and, you know, listen, we're not going to make statements for or against. We're just going to present it as it is. But this is what people are talking about. This is the issues being examined. And to get it through the lens of what happens in Harlem, okay, albeit with fictional characters, with fictional skills and storylines, is, you know, really timely. It is. It's funny how sometimes. Sometimes shows arrive at the right time, and it's not necessarily the result of timing. You know, this is a season that started shooting June 10th of last year. This is a season that wrapped up around Thanksgiving. They go through the editing process. They wait for the night, the, the, the right Netflix window, et cetera, et cetera. But here it is arriving at a time where there's, you know, there, there's a lot of... of um, Donald Glover at the forefront, whether it's Solo, whether it's the Childish Gambino stuff, whether it's Atlanta, and certainly he's not the only you know prominent African American out there. But there's just that little extra electricity in the air, and and you have Luke Cage showing up. You know, when season one dropped, 
I think coincidentally, Netflix had a server problem, which they then wallpapered over by saying, oh man, Luke Cage broke Netflix. Um, who uh, knows? M- you're maybe again. this, Matt. They did have a server problem because he broke Netflix. Fair enough. And if coincidentally somebody unplugs the, the, the right server closet and we get that again on June 22nd, you know, uh, well, time will tell. I kid, of course. I mean, the, the the focus here for Luke Cage is is great, and I feel like you know it's a it's a place to to get all that comic book aesthetic. As I said before, it's a place to get a slice of life, which might be similar to yours, might be really different, but to kind of I don't know to to be able to experience all of that, and then you look at the visuals from this um, from the season trailer, just the look of it, and it carries over from season one. Um, you know, I, I was reading something in the last week or two about how, uh, how, um, the Russo brothers for, uh, some of the movies prior to Infinity War, how they, you know, did, they pulled out a lot of the color. They wanted to desaturate the image. I mean, a season of Luke Cage, I mean, you can feel the heat of the summer because of how it's lit. You can mm-hmm. see, you know, the yellow of his t-shirt, it pops, the greens, the reds, it's, it, it's such a vibrant visual presentation it's the complete opposite of oh man let's take away as much color as possible from captain america's you know shield or whatever this is there's a vibrance to it that is really so appealing and you know it's great to watch on your tv and you mentioned the return of alfrey woodard's mariah dillard i think one of the most interesting things to come out of season one was the turn that theo rossi's shades took yeah Seeing him get pulled into her orbit uh, was interesting. And even better was seeing him not pay the ultimate price at the end of the first season. Um, you know, he he might have a lot to pay for, but it's great to see it's great to see him back for the season and to just know we can kind of pick up where we left off, and that's okay. We don't need a complete reboot for every season here. Uh, that might suit your Agents of Shield or whatever, but here it's just, you know. It's this notion you can watch all of season one, then continue on in season two, and it continues some of those arcs. The irony that somebody in Alfrey Woodard, you know, long film history here, nominated for an Oscar, that uh, she hangs on having uh, participated in the murder of the uh, actor who played her cousin, Mahershala Ali, who's gone on to Oscar success. Yeah, I mean, this is a show that just has, it, it, it has that sizzle to it. I mean, it has these great, great actors in it, and uh, some of them familiar, some of them less so. I mean, I dare say a couple of years ago, we were certainly less uh, familiar with, uh, with Simone Missick as an example. Now it's almost difficult to imagine you know, to imagine a time before it, but you know, she some she has someone who does not have a huge resume prior to Luke Cage, but now boom, thirteen episodes of Luke Cage, six of, of Defenders that she was in, um, more in Luke Cage, going to be in Iron Fist. I mean, it's just you know, I get, like I said before, it's difficult to imagine Marvel, Netflix, or the MCU or whatever before she existed. Well, Matt, not just Luke Cage on our horizon here, still covering Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. We've done Avengers Infinity War. We're going to be bringing you Deadpool 2 in a little over a week. Anything else on our horizon? 
Pete, before the month ends, we'll be going back to the past, the farther long time ago past, for some solo and uh, just continuing the fact that Donald Glover is uh, dominating everything. Yes. Uh, and then also coming in June, alongside with our Luke Cage podcast, we'll be podcasting Cloak and Dagger. Really, really excited to uh, to talk about that show in the next week or so and to kick off that podcast feed and uh, to, to to dig into a part of the MCU that we haven't been to that down there in Louisiana. Definitely. And uh, again, if it's set in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, it's fantastic geek. Well, Pete, how can people be in touch with you on the Twitter so they can share their, their passion for the MCU? You can find me on Twitter at Peter, P-I-E-T-E-R-J-K-E-T-E-L-A-A-R-9000. 915 followers can't be wrong and while i am personally on twitter as looking back lost you can be in touch with the podcast anytime you want to talk luke cage you can visit fantasticgeek.com email fantasticgeek at gmail.com check us out on twitter and instagram where we are fantasticgeek as well but wait pete there's more facebook.com slash fantasticgeek with the ph all one word a bevy of likes recently matt you know you want to be there with everybody else well pete i'm sure that we will talk luke cage one more time before we hit the season two uh premiere with that i will say adios to all our listeners and give you the final word harlem doesn't need a hero matt they need a queen